0: As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my
1: mission. I'm going to roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition. This new addition filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you're stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working. no hate because they ain't ready for your final version i'm never gonna give up give up fall down i just gotta get up, get up. you're listening to the tom Fricklin show on wnhhlp 103.5 fm your home for community radio salutations new haven thank you 103.5 fm new haven for this opportunity thank you tom Fricklin, for this opportunity to guest host and thank you harry for being our engineer uh we got a great show for you today. We've been hearing about this teacher shortage crisis now for three years. We've done other shows on it, and today I figured we need to go to the source. We need to talk to teachers. It's just like if you want to know what's what's what the struggles are in our schools, should be talking to teachers, we should be talking to children. But let's talk to teachers today. I've Got great teachers. I'm gonna allow them to introduce themselves. I'll call them out, and teachers, what you should do is just tell us who you are, your name, and where you teach, and uh, and maybe what your passion is, all right? So I'm going to start with the, the order of the people that linked on. It was Regina, it was Frank, and and it was uh, Shakira, and I don't see D Marshall with us yet, but all right, so Regina, could you introduce yourself and tell us who you are?
2: All right. Hi. Um, so I'm Regina gutt I teach in Manchester, Connecticut. Um, this is my going to be my 23rd year in Manchester. Um, I am now going to be teaching third grade. Um, I did sixth, fifth, fourth. I'm going down the line. Um, before coming to Connecticut, I taught in New Jersey for one year, and I taught six years in New York City and one year in the Philippines. So all together... 30 something years.
1: How about the passion?
2: Oh, passion. Um, I, as you can see in my shirt, I'm Filipino um, and I'm proud and I want people to see the different ethnicity that comprises America. And so we need to shine a light because for so long, these ethnicities were not celebrated and they are America so diverse that we have contributed so much to what America is, and now it's time to shine a light. And so that's my passion, well, Uh, one of them.
1: In Hamilton, there's a line that says, immigrants get the job done. So, uh,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Frank, Frank, could you do the same, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and and your passion?
0: Sure. Um, My name is Frank McGoldrick. I work for uh, Newington Public Schools. Um, I'm a teacher at the high school in Newington. Um, I teach English, social studies, uh, uh, media, um, which, uh, which is a big part of what I do, and then um, uh, I, I've been doing this for, for quite a while. I, um, uh, I, end, I, I ended up in the prison system when I first got certified because there were no jobs in public school. did that for six years, and then beyond that, now it's been over 30 years in, in public school. Uh, And so um, I'm looking at the possibility of retiring in in two years, so that'll be 32 years at that point. Um, And uh, uh, my passion—I have lots of them, I admit—but but but, uh, reading is one of them. Uh, My mother was a reading specialist, and so when I chose my sixth year, that was one reason why I went toward reading. And that's how I met Dr. Turner, and uh, we've been good friends ever since. Um, uh, uh, Music. Writing, uh, history, religion, these are all things that are uh, very important to me. But education is in my blood. My mother was a teacher, as I said, and, uh, and and I saw all the challenges she went through. And then when I went into teaching, um, <laughs> you know, it's given me a perspective uh, that probably has helped me survive uh, a, a lot of different uh, scenarios. But uh, I work for a good district. I'm happy in in my profession and in terms of, you know, choosing teaching, I I still can't really think of anything else I really want to do. But at the same time, uh, it, it has its challenges. So
1: before we move on to Shakira, right, because I was your teacher one time and I'm thinking you might be about 10 years younger than me. And so if you're going to retire in two years, I don't want to say our age, but I'm still going at 68. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like you're exactly the kind of teacher we should be finding reasons to keep in the school, elevated. and so some of that will come to today. Same thing, I've, I've, I've asked, I've only asked teachers I admire and highly respect to be on the show today. Next, it's gonna be you. Shakira <laughs> Perez and she's a superstar. Shakira, can you introduce yourself? Maybe. Hello, we can... I am. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
3: I'm Shakira Perez. Um, I work for Hartford Public Schools. I've been there. I'm now entering my 17th year with Hartford Schools, um, 19 years total teaching. I am an ELA teacher, but also teaching the capstone course at our school. Um, a passion. Ha. So I, I love to travel and um, I didn't do. I didn't go out of the country this summer, but I'm hoping to go out of the country next summer. But I, that's one of my one of my passions is just to see the world and learn from the world.
1: So travel. You mm-hmm. also are one of our writing project people, and I was here this summer to witness oh, yes. a group of kids that you were here with, Erin Margaret. Yeah. Uh, and and what was interesting to me is on the last day, you know, I'm the kind of kid that when I was in school. When the bell rang, the teacher didn't even see me. I was outside the building that quick.
2: <laughs> oh, you
1: can turn off the lights. I yeah. was gone. But I watched those I watched the, the the young kids in the in the writing project and and I was over here because I had to keep the place open. And I said, Well, five minutes they should all be gone. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, Mm-mm. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. I was like, hey, I got to come out and take a picture. You people, it's na, 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 na. Hey, hey, goodbye <laughs> over there. But that's, yeah. that's a passion too. So for me, Definitely. that, imagine our young people mm-hmm. who can't get enough of writing. So anyway, that's a special thing anyway. Yeah. So, Thank you. oh, you're welcome. So I don't, we were, we might be joined by D. Marshall. Marshall is from New Haven. Uh, she's a middle school teacher, reading teacher, uh, wonderful teacher, probably having some problems getting on. Uh, and then Joe a Danbury teacher at an alternative school, got sick this morning. So I think oh. it's probably the three of us over here, not the three, uh, four of us, if I include myself. Yes. So I'm going to, I, I want to mm-hmm. start us off with some basics. Uh, when people ask me, how do you fix education? And I say you go to the people who are, are there. So in medicine, you can't approve a new medicine without talking to the patients, the caregivers, the family. You cannot. There's no way you can't approve any medicine, any 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 uh, treatment. Uh, it will not be allowed if you can't do that. And they consider that that discussion. So sort of give you an example. We've all taken cough medicine. And you see on the bottle, it says, you know, might feel nauseous. Well, there is no test for nauseous. There's no quick test. They have to ask you, do you feel nauseous? Do you feel dizzy? Do you feel tired? There are no tests for these things. They ha- it's observational data. So they would be saying, well, Dr. Turner, you look like you're falling asleep now. Are you? You know, that kind of stuff. So, but that's considered hard data. So I wanted to bring us together today because I think there's a missing link. In this teacher shortage crisis. So, some some facts I think I want the public to know. In 1970, 20% of university students chose education as their majors, 20%. Today, it is 4% and still dropping. Uh, so, and that's an 80% drop in the number of students who want to become teachers. So, the shortage isn't coming at them out of left field. It's been building for a long time and there's some reason to that. I think we'll be able to talk about that. Um, I've asked you three to be here because you find great joy in teaching. So you're exactly the kinds of people. The other thing is since COVID, we're down 300,000 teachers in our public schools. Another 200,000 school support staff and employees, everything from social workers, counselors, the bus drivers to cafeterias to custodians they are crucial employees in the school so we are down a half a million of, of, of those people and I uh, when policymakers when I'm talking with policymakers uh, I, I have a conversation with them because a little over two years ago I did a teacher shortage <laughs> show after I saw the bulletin boards going to New York in outside New Haven saying, Teachers needed. Teachers needed. Up, up, up over there. The billboards were up all over the road, and i would never saw them before. I'm like, like Mr. McGoldrick, when I was there. Um, I. It was tough to find a job. I was, I was, I was surprised they would even hire me. Anyway, that <laughs> was like, you hired me? Do you know what you're doing? Uh, <laughs> that kind of concept. But, but in any event, now I'm telling my teachers, there's a job for everybody. The question is, how do we keep you? That's that's what we want to. What we want to talk about today, and I, I did put in the chat box for our listeners. CEA, uh, the Connecticut Education Association, has a nice little piece about recruiting and retaining teachers over there. But my policymakers are not, uh, not quite understanding that they're chasing down getting new teachers, and we need new teachers. We have to up from that four percent back to that twenty percent, um, and and we could there are ways we can do. But if that's all we're doing, what we're doing is is trying to fill a pail with multiple holes with water. Because if we don't work on retention, if we don't work on keeping, Frankie, you're not supposed to be leaving in two years. What can we do? Can we keep that <laughs> big bonus, Shakira? Can we send you on vacations out of the country? You know, paid junkets and stuff. We do it for our politicians, and you know. Uh, but I'm just okay. saying over there, then uh, this concept, how do we keep us? So I see this as being a, a major point because uh the provost julian vasquez Helik at the uh western university of michigan used to be the dean of education at the uh, university of kentucky during covid when we all our, our enrollments dropped and shrank away and we were begging people to come you if you were breathing you could be a student at our universities but he had a um a 258 percent increase enrollment during that time and and his piece and i remember when he was on the show we were talking about the shortage at back then and he said something to me he said the way to start is to go right into our schools right now every administrator every legislator every policymaker, and start having town halls and start asking teachers what would keep you another year another five another ten could we keep you for 15 you know, Shakira, I think she said, I don't know, 17 or something. We could keep her for 35, Frank. You know that. That's mm-hmm. yeah, true. Sure. Good retirement benefit. You know? <laughs> uh, we, we could keep her there. So what do we do? So, so that component. Also, one more piece of data I want people to know is uh, we've actually had shrinking income mm-hmm. in teachers. So when we do adjustments for inflation, what we find is we're making less today than we did teachers who were becoming teachers in the 70s, not only the 70s. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're like $29 more adjusted for inflation than teachers in 1996. So that, so it's money, those things. But so I wanted to, to, to start off with a simple question. I'm gonna follow Regina, then we'll go to Shakira and we'll go to Frank, because this is my little list on the side that I'm following. Uh, and I wanna ask you, Regina, what can we do to keep you teaching for 35 years? And, and, your, and the teachers in your school who might be, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. talking about leaving.
2: Right. So I hear this a lot, especially with young teachers. They can't make ends meet. You talked about salary, right? And then on top of that, they have student loans, right? So if, let's say, I want to expand my myself and go back and study more, I can't afford student loans at this time, right? but then that's also hindering my growth and if i want to grow as a person and be more productive inside my classroom in my district i want to i need more knowledge right so we can't do that Um, this brings me back when i first started in um, new york city Um, i actually was recruited from the philippines as a teacher because there was teacher shortage in the 80s in the late 80s so that's 35 years ago i came to america as a teacher they They gave me a working visa. I was able to work through the Archdiocese of New York. And Fordham University actually gave the teachers 50% off the tuition. So I was able to afford getting my master's, right? So if you think about that, if we have universities here in Connecticut that will allow teachers to get a a discount, even 30%, 20%, that will help a lot. And for teachers who are in the districts already, we wanna expand ourselves. We wanna do library science or reading specialists. If we can get that kind of discount from our local universities and colleges, that will keep us within Connecticut, within the educational field, because we want teachers who are progressive. We want teachers to to be learners themselves, lifelong learners, but if we can't afford it, I know a different um, industry that can feed me better, feed me better. So I think that's one of the things that we can do is you know uh, in conjunction or working with local universities and colleges and provide teachers with that opportunity for not just personal growth, but learning so that we can give back to our communities at a discounted rate and we won't be burdened because you know at, at this point we have families who rely on us who depend on us. And so if that that's going to be very helpful if that were to happen.
1: Def- definitely. They're leaving. Uh, they're leaving our universities with about thirty five thousand dollars in debt. Uh, it's like a mortgage. So by the time you pay, uh-huh. you're paying over probably near around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars back. That means one hundred and fifty thousand dollars not invested in new houses and new cars in vacations. So, you know, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So help them pay their loans, discounts. And just for a heads up to let you know, because I'm the old man in the room. And so the old man in the room, when I worked for Jersey City, New Jer- the Jersey City public schools in New Jersey, uh, any master's degree that any teacher wanted to get, as long as you got an A, it was free. Uh, if you got a B, it was 80 percent. If you got a C, it wow. was 70. Any lower than that, they wouldn't pay. Uh, but I ended up with two master's degrees. One was for supervision for administrators, and the second was for reading and 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 so that kind of stuff i mean if we understood what we've lost and then one of the most successful turnarounds for a district in in america was union city new jersey uh who what they did was they decided to pay for master's degrees for their teacher predominantly hispanic district uh overwhelming 70 percent of the population and they 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 decided they would target those master's degrees and what they looked for was literacy, ESL and bilingual education. And they, they, they went from pre-K all the way to the 12th grade. And they said, we will put together cohorts of teachers who will have a choice to take one of those master's degrees and we will pay for it. And we will even give them a stipend. And they had a, probably one of the biggest urban turnarounds in test scores in the nation. So imagine if every teacher in your school and a predominantly district of immigrants had a bilingual mm-hmm. background had a, or an ESL or a literacy background. So I'm just saying that the world where there are things we can do and you're right. So Shakira, what can keep you, what could keep all your colleagues? Cause I'm, I'm assuming, I, I think you and I are like in a way my colleagues are saying, why don't, why aren't you retired? We got to get out of this place. And I'm like, I want to stay. So, Shakira, can you share us about what would keep you for thirty five years?
3: Well, you know, um it's um I was listening, you know, listening to you all and and just thinking about I was recently last month at the American Federation of Teacher Conference down in DC, and um, Dr. Miguel Cardona was the keynote speaker one of the days. And I've heard him speak before at another event and his message was very clear and it was, you know, he he says in order to keep and retain um, more teachers is to follow like the ABCs, right? The ABCs of teaching. And he said that the A is giving us agency, you know, giving us the ability and, and giving us a sense of power that it, within our own classrooms, mm-hmm. sometimes many curriculums are prescribed and it's like, well, am I teaching or am I just facil- Am I assigning a worksheet and guiding you through it? Like, I got into teaching because I wanted to be creative and I wanted to come up with different ways of learning and things like that and not assign a page in a workbook. Um, and then he said uh, the B was better teaching conditions. So that involves the prep time that involves you know, what you were saying as well, Regina, like helping us better ourselves through personal and professional development. Um, and also just, you know, we're always talking about the social emotional health of the students, but you have to think about the teacher's social emotional health as well, because you can't have teachers if we're all crazy and and, and depressed and stressed and all of this stuff. And, um, and then the last one he said again um, is the competitive salary that was the see um, and and you know pay us we should be up there with doctors you know the you you mentioned okay. the cea and i've i've seen they have a commercial that i've seen and it's um it's there because of a teacher slogan and it's true like everything that professionals are everything that everyone is in this world whether you're you know, a blue collar worker or whatever it is, it's because of a teacher. Like you had to go to school, someone had to teach you something. Mm-hmm. So pay us that way.
1: So pay us. We know that if we went to Singapore or Japan, the salary is four times as high. How's that? I have visited China twice. China can be a tough place like the US. Uh, my classroom sizes are uh, can be 50 to 70 students uh but what do we have in china teachers teach two classes every day and it's not that they're 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 not doing other things that's when they get a chance to tutor and work with students and work together they do a lot of peer self-evaluations and supporting of each other uh so there's so many things that i i think about if if, i'm going to ask you because one of the emails you know i post a lot on facebook and stuff and so people tend to follow me. So one of the teachers said, are you going to talk about all the hours we work every week that no one pays us for? So I'm going to start with Shakira. Shakira, do you work any extra hours that no one's paying you for in your teaching job?
3: Oh, of course. Of course. Um, You know, there's always, even in the summer, supposedly I'm supposed to be off and not thinking about anything, but I am. I'm thinking about curriculum I'm thinking about how am I going to you know do what I do something differently than I did last year so you know well yes it is on my own time I can do it at two three o'clock in the morning but I am still working there's there's no um there's no rest for the weary uh even even when we are supposedly on vacation and then even when our day ends at three o'clock 245 three o'clock it doesn't end because you still have to go home and you're either revising a lesson or in my case even all, almost 20 years in I still rehearse lessons I still go over it with my imaginary students in my office because you want to make sure that you are you are well prepared and you anticipate the questions that the students may answer so it's not just i mean that that they may ask it's not just like delivering information it's it's really thinking about it's just a mental preparation right it's not typing out the lesson it's not you know delivering it's if there's so much mental preparation that goes into each and every lesson each and every day not just for 180 days but like all year
1: you got it you got it the average teacher works 15 hours without pay every week in school. It's 15 hours. Now think about it. Do we? Can I do this to nurses? Can I do this to firemen? Can I do this to Trump lawyers? Say, hey, you guys are going to work without pay. <laughs> you know, just 15 hours in that courtroom. I don't want to get I'm making light of it, but I'm, I'm saying that I don't know any other profession.
3: No, even they have a cap. <laughs> Truck drivers have a cap. Firemen mm-hmm. have a cap. Nurses, you can't work more than, I don't know how many shifts before you burn out. But we don't have mm-hmm. that.
1: And, and, so, and this is a piece, so Frank, I'm going to come to you because Frank, I've, uh, I've not only was he one of my students, I don't know how much damage I've caused him over his career, <laughs> but, uh, but I hope you unlearned everything I taught you. <laughs> but one thing that I, I I've actually, uh, I've spent some time in Frank's classroom uh, just before COVID for a couple of years uh, with my bringing my teachers to work with his students and frank do you ever go home
0: well, <laughs> i mean I, that's I, that's
1: I, we were my class starts at 4 30 you're still there you're still doing stuff we're leaving at 7 30 and i'm thinking you're going to walk out of the building with me and you're still there
0: yeah i'm still there yeah so um what's
1: about the unpaid hours
0: well I, I mean that's a huge part uh the, the the truth is i've never found a way to do the job well without putting those hours in really you know i mean it, it's just the way it is and um Uh, I think that the perception of teachers, um, outside of education is, you know, people are concerned and you're not getting away with something or whatever. And I'm saying to myself, you know, you're, you're obviously not doing the job, you know, um, and, or when somebody comes to me and says, oh, you know, I love that vacation time you have. And I'm like, you mean my unpaid time. You know, in other words, we're not, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, I end up doing curriculum and things like that in the summer. And so you end up doing other things too, but, but it's just, there's this perception in America that, you know, that you're somehow getting away with something. And I'm like, you know, no, honestly, if you, if, I have some corporate friends, I've said to them, Hey, you know, if you want to take six weeks or eight weeks off unpaid, you know, truthfully then you can have this experience if that's really what you want but that's not what i went into teaching for but at the same time you know i understand the perception but i also understand how my friends who have gone to other places have been treated very differently yeah matter of fact i had a teacher in high school an english teacher in high school who left she retired um, from connecticut and she went to india and she and her husband and they their reaction because I, I kept in touch with the family, their reaction was you wouldn't believe how teachers are treated in another place. And I remembered that. Um you know and, and at the time I was not intending to go into teaching either. So um you know but I but I do I I do recognize that one of the core things that Legislators and and, uh, and actually anybody who is involved in this situation really needs to 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 do is is to try to change the perception American perception of education as being this Ichabod Crane type thing where well you know um, uh, we're going to take this guy who needs money we're going to give him a place to live we're going to give him the lowest salary we can possibly think of and he's just going to do it because he loves the kids and he loves you know and there's some truth to that don't get me wrong I mean (laughs) what I understand as a teacher you know a good teacher yeah you're committed to it it is your passion and so that's important but at the same time we have to remind ourselves that that uh, you know that that very Yankee way of, of of thinking in terms of we can we can get this for the cheapest price possible. Is is really it has to change? As a matter of fact, I'm I'm thinking as you were talking. You know, in 1986, my mother was was a teacher at the time, and I had no intention of going into teaching. Uh, I was in college and um, and going into media. I was already in media to some degree, and I was taking a degree in English writing. And several people came to me and said, "You're going to be a teacher," and I said, "No." Nope. Not going to happen, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I love writing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But, you know, music, especially too, and and. But I'm I'm not going in that direction. Well, they had the Enhancement Act, 1986, and my mother's pay went from about 18 to 22 or something like that. Um, uh. When by the way, when she started, she was making four thousand dollars a year. So, and that was in 1960s six or something I' don't know. but um, but but just to give you an idea so you know when you're talking today about you know how do we how do we change things well one of the things was my mom came to me and said, you know you, you might actually want to think about teaching because you know and I said oh, I couldn't support a family and 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 my dad had made that comment a few times he was an engineer he wasn't in teaching. And so in his, you know, in our house, basically my mom's job was seen as somewhat secondary. The irony, by the way, was that she ended up with, you know, in a better situation and helped my dad later on, you know, so corporate life isn't perfect either. Don't get me wrong. But, but, you know, knowing that um, that increase happened, uh, I, I started to seriously think about, you know, teaching as a profession. So. You know, I think one of the first things we have to do is is we have to get legislators to realize um, we have so few kids going into teaching that I've I've had experience with number one, but but even I have two two daughters who are excellent students. Uh, one of them, I think, she would make a wonderful teacher, but yeah, actually, both of them to some degree, but 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 neither one of them would consider it, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push it, you know. Um, And, and, and the reason, one of the reasons is that, you know, they're, they're looking and they see how much stress there is. They see I'm up at midnight. I get up at four 30, you know, they, they see the, the, the constants of the job. I'm happy in my profession. I actually love what I do, but even then they're like, dad, you know, it's, it's miserable at times. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, it is, you know, so, but I, but I think the legislators need to recognize that we're not attracting these good students. We're not attracting people who could be going into teaching to, to help others. A lot of times there's a lot of focus right now, too, of course, on the medical field and these up and coming fields. But the people forget that when I was in, in high school, uh, you know, the up and coming field was law and all these people were going into law. Well, we had all these people educated as lawyers, and then they didn't get jobs, you know? Um, so, so, you know, uh, that's just the way our, 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 our system works. But, but when, I, when I do think of, um, you know, how the perception of teaching uh, affects things, um, you know, I, I really think that if we, could, if we could highlight some of the really good things about the job, that, that would certainly help. But, but we also have to address some of the things that just happen because of teaching because of the way things are done in teaching. you know like I'm, I'll give you one example and this has nothing to do with the district I work in it actually has to do with just the nature of, of, of education but you, a lot of times you'll say to me Frank, how come you how come you put your own money in there? <laughs> um, well first of all you know sometimes things just don't work out easily to get what you need to get when you need them when you need it. And Study.com is something I use every every year, uh, and it's a it's a good program. I, you know, uh, I actually had to fight for it years ago. It was one hundred and forty dollars a month out of pocket. I remember that I paid for it for a while myself. Then finally, the district started to pick it up, and they recognized how how good it was. The problem is that every year, Study.com will contact me and say, "Oh, your membership ran out in uh, at the end of August," and then Study.com. You know, they're like, "Well, you're, you're, you know, you, 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 it's not going to work if you don't get that get that money in right now." You know, well, of course, it takes till October till the process of central office with the PO and all that kind of stuff happens. So in the meantime, I end up contacting them, going back and forth, creating my own membership, paying out of pocket, and then um, because I can't start the year with something that doesn't work, and, and you know, that just doesn't make any sense. So so it's worth it, you know, for me, but people will say, well, you know, so why'd you put your own money in? Well, to be honest, it, 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 it doesn't make sense the way it's done. It just, just doesn't. And, and, and it's something where I have to step up and do it. I really have never minded doing that, but I think, you know, people have a tendency to, to forget that that's, you know, that's the reality. You know, you do these things all the time. It's not only staying up and doing your planning, which is certainly important, but it's all the other pieces that just, you know, just don't always fit easily and you have to make them fit um uh, you know uh today we're contacting individual parents a lot more uh with with students who are are, are not following through and doing the, the, you know, some of the basic work that kind of thing um so now those hours are you know uh, there's there's even more weight you know with that so it's not you know it's you putting in a little bit of money on your own it's also doing all these hours it's it's also you know um uh, um you know just, just just things that 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 you know uh just don't fit easily um and and i think that that's one one thing that we might be able to address in basic basic ways that um would make it you know how we advertise it to new teachers or whatever i don't really know but like an ex- another example i know i'm going on here but but but, I, but you know just um the uh insurance you know our medical insurance it starts july 1st every year you have a four thousand dollar deductible so you're getting paid over the summer, you know, you're, you you're getting paid a balloon check, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and now you're making that stretch, you know, you pay your mortgage, you do all these different things. And then all of a sudden, about, you know, out of the, out of the scenario in the last five years now, Oh, I got to make sure I've got another $4,000 put aside to cover all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know? And I, and, and so I've commented to some of my friends who are not in teaching and they're like, well, our, our, our medical insurance starts January 1st. Why on earth would you start July 1st when you're not getting paid? You know, these are just things that have been created by other people. Maybe they didn't realize what they were doing. You know, that's possible. Um, but 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 you know, just things that are. And 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 I think about some of those things, and I'm like, those are just ridiculous things that don't have to exist. Um, and I think that you know, teachers leave sometimes and, you know, they go off after dealing with this and 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 they say you know i mean i feel like i'm in a box like nobody really understands where i'm coming from um and 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 part of that is you know geez it would be nice if we could just sit down and, and and discuss some of those things and see if we can fix those things so that people aren't walking out with that frustration um you know and 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 with that said i'm gonna let other people talk but but i just i wanted to make, make some we, points
1: we to just Because I'm the old man in the room again, who used to get, we used to get free master's degrees, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, and stipends, just forget that, that's at that, so we used to get that. Uh, I also am part of the, uh, as a faculty member, I get longevity pay twice a Mm -hmm. year, which is sort of a little bonus Mm -hmm. to get kicked in. My newer faculty members don't get that, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a better pension plan Mm -hmm. than they do. Uh, I have better b- benefits than they do uh, and this is the nature of one of the other other things that we' we're, we're talking about working for working hours for free subsidizing you know the resources of our own classrooms uh, diminishing benefits, diminishing all this stuff instead but yeah. now I want to shift it a little because there's got to be a reason I wanted you three here today because there's a reason that you're here so Shakira, could you tell us what, what keeps you in the classroom? Don't tell us about the problems. Tell us about the good stuff.
3: Well, um, so I was born and raised in Hartford and I'm a product of Hartford schools. And um, obviously have been working in Hartford for 17 years. So I guess I am a martyr. I mean, <laughs> I I feel that as a teacher of color, um, it's important for the students of Hartford to see themselves in me. Um, you know, I am a proud Afro-Latina and, you know, I have kids that they're just like, miss, what, what do you mean you're from Puerto Rico? You're so black, <laughs> you know, and, they, and, and they don't having know. those, they just don't know, but having those moments with them and and I know that seems silly, but it's not, like it makes a difference. And I mean, I live in the community. I live in Hartford too. And I have kids that live on my street and they'll see me like in my yard in the summer and not offer any help when I'm mowing the lawn, but they will say hi. <laughs> and, and, and to me, but to me, that's so important. Like it, it just, it's like having the teacher next door or the police officer next door or something like that. And and just being a presence and and- you know, I may not always be their favorite teacher, but they're going to remember me. And, mm-hmm. and and having that special connection, you know, having, being able to, even though I don't speak Portuguese, for example, but being able to speak to that student that just came from Brazil in Spanish, somehow we're communicating and her being at ease or having students come. So it's it's not just giving the lesson for me. It's just mm-hmm. Being there as someone that they can look up to, with the hopes that they would want to do what I do.
1: So you are not the model, not the martyr. You're the role model.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm the role martyr.
2: You're role model. Role <laughs>
1: yeah, model. Yeah, because I, I, it's, we're not going to attract new teachers to say. Well, how would you like to be a role model? Oh,
2: that's true.
3: That's
1: yeah, right. true role <laughs> model, y'all. Say, how would you like to be a role model? And yeah. how would you like to give back to your mm-hmm. community? And, mm-hmm. and how would you like to make a difference? And I'm going to, before, I'm going to move to uh, uh, Regina next. But but something that uh, old mayor of Harford, Eddie Perez, told me once. Mm-hmm. Eddie Perez. No relation. You know, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, Eddie, uh, Harford had just signed a, a, a horrible teaching the teachers had signed a contract that gave them a 1% pay increase the first year and and no pay increases for the next two that means you're going to make less money than when you started and so I was at a at an event with Mayor Perez and I said to Mayor Perez I said how are you getting away with that why would you do that and and he's a political animal and I'm, I'm not saying you know he's an animal i'm just saying he's right. politicians can give you some truth and he said to me 97 percent of my teachers in this district do not live here they don't vote for me i don't care how's that and so regina you're not only i mean regina sorry shakira you're the, also the role model who stays you're voting and and this is something that's different now because when i just like i i think you said you know the the firemen, the policemen, the teachers, they lived in our neighborhoods. And, and that was the neighborhood I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So of course, we had role models all around us of, of, of you know, and, and I grew up in, in a city in, in, in extreme poverty, but we had those teachers lived in the district with us. And while I had no college educated family members, I had three high school educated family members, I had college-educated people living in my community. I had firemen, policemen, nurses. I had principals living in the community, uh, and 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 they would, I would look up and say, maybe I could do that, you know. So I'm glad to hear that, uh, Regina. Yes. Give us what what's keeping you there? Oh, um, Regina, hold it, hold it, wait a minute. She yeah. was one of our Anna Grace Diversity Award winners, where we honor teachers who use diverse books to reach their students. And so I just had to throw it in there.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah. So education is a vocation. Being a teacher is it a creates. vocation. Mm-hmm. You're in it for the long haul, right? So you need to find something within you to make you stay. And that's why the saying goes, the three reasons why a teacher stays in the field is June, July, and August. Yeah. no because that those are your months for self-care those are the months where you pour into yourself to steal yourself for the coming school year so um so why am i here it's because i enjoy in being in community with diverse um, families so in manchester super diverse community but then i have I have families, parents who come to me and say, This is the first time my child is interacting with a Filipino teacher. And that is one of the reasons why I stay, because I want to be able to show students, Asian students, that there are Asian teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And that um, we find similarities, we celebrate those similarities, we definitely celebrate that diversity within the community, but we might find those connections. Oh, um, there was one year. Um, I do a unit on traditions, and there was one year that students wrote about rice, right? Because everyone eats rice. So um, as a celebration, everyone brought a rice dish from home. So you have, um, you know, from from the Africa uh, African continent, they brought in their their um, rice dishes, and then the uh, the um, people uh, who. Are from the United States. They said, well, we eat regular rice. And then I said, think about the things that you, that are um, native to America. And they go, Rice Krispie treats. There you go. That's a rice dish. <laughs> so, so that particular year, we just focused on rice and we had 16 dishes of rice. And that is a celebration right there in itself, the commonality, right? So I am here. I, I, I stay because I celebrate diversity. I I rejoice in the commonalities and I find joy in that in in being in communion with all different um, families and ethnicities and in fact just um, a few weeks ago one of my old students um, you know she's in high school now I taught her in fifth grade and she's in high school and she says I'm I'm going into um, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up she said in fifth grade and now she's a junior and her older brother is a senior and he's going to yukon and the path to medical school and that brings joy right that Ooh. they come back and they update you and that they remember you not because of you teaching them how to read but because there's something um as a as a bonus right that mm-hmm. that you liked that something in their lives at that moment so that keeps me going because every year there's going to be a story. Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> but there's always a story, right? And mm-hmm. if my memory could just house everything, oh my gosh, that's a lifetime of joy. So,
1: mm-hmm. so there's always a story. Yes. Uh, I did want to remind us, you mentioned about the self-care of the breaks in the summer. And mm-hmm. I did want to remind us those are unpaid. So just to keep yes. that in there. Uh, but, yes. you know, just, just that Frank wouldn't let me get away with that. <laughs> so bring us down to one-minute kind of rounds. And I want to ask you the question because a lot of my my experienced teachers, even my new teachers now are coming to me and saying, it's all about the test. They don't really care what I know. You know, and and, and, and I've had, uh, I, I posted in the chat box earlier, 15% of our teachers are leaving mid-year. And those are a lot about new teachers. So one of them came to me last year and said, they don't care what I know, they don't care what I want to teach. All they keep, they uh, all I do is enter data all day. On on, and and it's about this test that my students hate and I hate. So let me ask a thought with you, Frank. Uh, has 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 all this standardized testing inspired you? <laughs> you know to make no. you remain. You know so you can enter the data.
0: Uh, you know, honestly, uh, in, in, in in the district that I work in, uh, we we really are lucky uh, that that we we did get beyond the, the kind of the testing mindset to some degree many years ago. I mean, it, you know, in other words, with that map testing and all that kind of stuff that went away, that you know, so that that certainly improved. And and I uh, you know, but we still deal with, of course, objectives and all those things. Um, you know, I think that the 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 mindset um, you know, uh, is, 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 is basically that, that, you know, somehow, uh, we can, we can clarify, or we can, we can quantify every little thing. And, 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 and we're, we're dealing with a profession that, that, that all, most of the things we're working with really are not, they don't fit in that box. Um, you know, but that, but at the same time, um, I, you know, I, I, I will say, um, I, I I I still love what what I'm doing. I still do intend to continue teaching. By the way, after retirement, I should mention that. But um, you know, uh, but at the same, but at the same time, I think the this whole idea of 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 testing and everything, um, or anything like that, it's it's really the outside world trying to and and to some degree education buying into it, but but trying to to put everything in a box and say this is going to fit this way. And that, you know, uh, and I work in a suburban district and, 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 and you know, we're, we're also dealing with certainly, uh, you know, the need for diversity and, and with, with teachers and, and uh, you know, we're, we've been doing uh, equity as a concentration for, for about four years now. Um, you know, all those things are very important. Problem is that you just have so many of these things, you know, so many problems to deal with. Uh, thank God, though, in the big picture. Uh, I do look at it as a vocation. I really do look at education as something I love doing. And, uh, and I just wish, though, that that we would be able to find a, a better way to fix some of the problems uh, and make it, make it uh, more feasible for new people to go into it and for people to stay.
1: All right. So we've got that. Shakira, uh, is all that testing and entering that data inspiring you?
3: You know, I have mixed feelings about it. I am not um, a standardized testing person. However, I do um, use it um, as data, right? They're data points. That's, I don't, I always tell my kids that number doesn't define you. It's just letting me know what I need to help you with. If it's, you know, reading comprehension or if it's making inferences or something like that, it's, It's more so I try not to think of it so negatively and think of it more as I get to create a specialized um, learning plan for my students. So it's not, you know, I know there's like a a negative feeling about it, but it's like, yeah, but think of what you can do with it. How can you help your student with it? So I'm, I'm not, do I like all the testing? No, not necessarily, but I do think it's necessary.
1: So we've got that piece, got it there. Now we're going to go to Regina. That's good. We, If we're asked to do something and we have data, we should try to use it.
3: Absolutely. That,
1: that's, that makes perfect sense there. Regina, um, yeah. has the testing, does it inspire you?
2: Well, I see every student as multifaceted. Testing scores, just one part. That's not the end all and be all. So mm-hmm. no, I look at other parts. Oh, my gosh. And it's it's... Something that we have to do, we have to give the test, we have to look at the results, but let's try to cultivate other parts of that individual because we need to empower them and believe in themselves. And if they can, the test scores will go up, I think, right? We need to, un- I'm, I just finished reading that book, Unearthing Unearthing Joy, right? And, and school, school should not be this. Yes, that's it, the one. Got i got it. Know- yes i did an audiobook so when i went ah. to the gym pouring into myself when i would go to the gym i would be listening to it and it's this whole you know from the early 90s when we do thematic units and you do all different subjects and one that's the kind of multifaceted education that we need and the test scores will just go higher once these kids are empowered and feel that they know more than the paper and pencil we're expecting them mm-hmm. to,
1: to do. So so, in, in, a, in a couple of minutes, Harry's going to start playing music on us. Not yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, I do want us to know that nationally and internationally, the focus on assessments is balance assessment frameworks, which talk about multiple data points and all the mm-hmm. data matters and all of it counts and no data is superseded. That's the standard in, 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 in assessment. Uh, and I remind people that assessment, the Latin root is to sit with, not do something to a student, you're with them, you're learning from them and they're learning from you, that kind of piece. So uh, we're down to sort of our, our, our last like sign offs to people. And really, I'd, I'd love you to share our, uh, why people should become teachers. I need new teachers badly. We need them. And we do need to keep them. But I think you've been a good examples of what keeps people in in the profession. But what about, what can you say in, I don't know, 30 seconds about getting someone to come into our profession? Frank, go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, I would say it's very fulfilling. There's a, there's a lot of Positive that you get back from it. I mean, there and there are thousands over the course of your career. There are thousands of kids that you've had this connection with, and and uh, the ones that graduate and they still keep in touch with you and all these mm-hmm. different things. And you know, it's a wonderful thing. And 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 I live in the town that I teach in. There are times where honestly, uh, your parents have always been wonderful. The kids are generally are wonderful when I see them in, the, in some place. Like you were saying, that's so so uh, inspiring. It really is. And it's and and if we uh, uh, if, if, if there was a way to package that and say, this is what this is that great feeling you're going to get from, from teaching, uh, you know, that's that's what it's all about. And, and because you think of it as a vocation, like you said, honestly, um, you know, you it, it, you're blessed to do it. And, and, and that truly matters uh, where very few people in their professions can say, hey, you know, I really feel that, that I've been specially blessed by doing this career. All
1: right, Regina. Tell, tell uh, give be, those newbies reason to come.
2: Yeah. Yes, be a teacher. You'll make more—not money, but you'll <laughs> make more for your heart, right, and your community. So. And and just be that leader, right? You're gonna make more.
1: All right, Shakira, help us. I out. mean,
2: teachers are
3: superheroes. You have mm-hmm. powers that no one else has. You literally shape the world. So. If you wanna join this league of Avengers then, or not Avengers, but of, you know, something that we are super powerful, do it.
1: <laughs> and, uh, just to kind of bring us to conclusion before Harry's music begins, uh, <laughs> people ask me why I've stayed so long. And I've also done a lot of protesting and I'm always fighting for, for children, teachers, and families and education. I'm known for being that voice. And it's something my mother used to tell me. She used to say, she's a little church kid. So she'd say, you know those apostles? Well I said, well, yeah, I, I, I know them. She said, they were witnesses.
2: Yeah.
1: And so a lot of the stuff that teachers do, I think we're witnesses to the humanity or the inhumanity of our world. And yes, we're superheroes and stuff. So Harry, how are we doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You were a blessing. You're my superheroes. Yeah.